Hey, if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask for you to turn to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke is the third book of the New Testament. Or you may have it on your phone or on your iPad. Maybe you're watching at another campus. I want you to go to the book of Luke because I want to get alongside of the theme and the passion of your church as it relates to loving God and serving people. I know you do that all the time. But I'm fired up about this theme and really this lifestyle of reaching out to other people, other, other, other. There's, there are others in your life. I believe you've not even met yet that you're going to be a blessing to. So I want to talk about that a little bit because I believe there's some great opportunities for you internationally. When you read that Go magazine, you see all the things that you're doing around the world where you can be a part of it. And then locally, all the ministries you could partner with. There's no excuse for each of our lives not to put ourselves in circulation for others. There's an article in the Go magazine that I kind of was attracted to, and it's called Hot Dogs and Hope. You know what I'm talking about? That's my kind of outreach right there. Let's eat a hot dog. Let's help somebody. Uh, that's, that's, that's South Louisiana right there. When we get together, we love serving tube steak, if you know what I'm talking about. Just some good old tube steak to people. And so there's all kinds of ways that you can get involved. I know next Saturday, you're partnering with City Church International. That's always a good first opportunity to reach out and be a part of an outreach in your community, maybe to an area that you normally don't go in or whatever. I know all of us have our patterns, and I think God likes taking us out of our patterns and getting us involved with other people. So that's what Ready, Set, Bless is all about. So let's talk a little bit about let's go, let's bless. Father, we love you. Thank you for this amazing church. I thank you for Pastor Tom and the leadership team, and and Lord, we love our pastors. Thank you for Pastor Robert and all that he means to Delenn and I, our church, and so many other hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches Lord, that he is helping to lead and encourage. So, Lord, we just love you. We're glad we're in church. We're glad we're here. And I believe you want to speak to our heart. Because, Father, you want to use us to make a difference in somebody else's life. Lord, I know that we may have our problem. We may have our challenge. We may have our battle. But the way out of our battle is not to absorb ourselves in our battle. So often, the way out of our problem is when we begin to reach out and love somebody else. Help us to have a heart for the least and the lonely. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person you didn't want to talk to that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you can use a little church. This is one of my favorite windows in Scripture. I believe there are these windows in the life of Jesus that are incredible They're intimate, but they're also, they give us instruction. I believe there are so many things that Jesus wants to teach us. He wants to to show us the life that he intends for us. We read scripture, we discover that. This is one of those windows for me in Luke chapter 8. Here's what the Bible says. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go. Let's go. Let's go over to the other side of the lake. Let's go over. So the instructions are clear. Let's go. Let's go over to the other side of this lake. So the Bible tells us they're clear. They're accurate. They are simple instructions. They got in the boat, and then they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When when they followed his instructions, they got in the boat. They set out. And as they sailed, somewhere between one side or the other, somewhere between the beginning and the end, the start and the finish, somewhere in the middle of the journey, Jesus Christ 
fell asleep. Jesus took a nap. Now, what I love about that, number one, is that God blesses the nap. Can I have a good amen? So you're like, yeah, feeling one coming on me today, my brother. I mean, the Cowboys are playing. Take a nap. You're not going to miss anything. You never know. You know I had to do it. I will mess with you. Okay? So anyway, Jesus falls asleep. I don't know about you, but I, I love it when a spirit of slumber comes and visits me. Just, you know, on a plane, in a car, just sitting, chilling. Okay, that sneeze woke me up, my brother. I'm just joking. You know, it, it kind of comes on you. You just get comfortable. When I, now that I'm older, I fall asleep more. I can fall asleep quicker. When I was younger, I'm getting old. I'm 47 years old. And I just, it's quiet. Jesus, just the rocking of the boat, just the wind, he just falls asleep. My wife will try to talk to me at night in bed. That's not a good idea. I cannot talk to you with the lights out. I'm going to sleep. She says, I want to talk to you. Let's talk in bed. I said, can I get up and walk around the, the bedroom? Just let me just walk around the bedroom. Then you could talk to me. I fell asleep a while back when I was counseling a lady in my office. Oh, I went out like crazy. It was after lunch. Come on, give me a break. I mean, it, it, we were sitting in comfortable chairs. And she's sitting there. I'm sitting here, and we're doing a little count. She's just talking to me about some things. She's from New Orleans down in Metairie. And when they talk, they, we call them yet, 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 yet. Everything sounds like a yet, 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 yet. And she was asking me questions and answering. You know somebody who can ask you a question before you answer them? They, 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 hey, what do you think about it? Let me tell you what I think about it. What's the Bible say about this? I'll tell you what the Bible says. And it got so monotone, I felt like I was listening to a sleep machine, like I was in the Brazilian rainforest. Rain and wave. Felt like there were a Celtic choir standing by me. I just fell asleep. And I hear off in a distance while I'm there in the Celtic rainforest. It's amazing. I hear someone yelling, Pastor Dino, Pastor Dino. And with my eyes shut, I realize I am asleep while she's telling me her problem. I just eased out of it. Glory. She's like, Pastor, you fell asleep on me. You fell asleep on me. I said, I was like, oh, no, sister. I was seeking the Lord. Deep. Here's the funny thing. She didn't get offended. She didn't get mad at me. She's like, you're so crazy. Kept on talking. Jesus, a sleeping Jesus. The Bible says that while he is sleeping, that a storm happens, which I believe is so true to, to any person who decides to move with God, to go with God, to follow God's plan, to live out God's blessed, to live the life that God intends. When you decide to get off of ready, set, because anybody can do ready, set. But when you decide to go from ready, set to bless, 
When you decide to go from one thing to another thing in God, anytime you're on a journey, you make a decision, you make a commitment, you decide to give, pray, help somebody, serve somebody. When you make that decision to make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? There's going to be a storm that will come against your life. Always going to be. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. It'd be like a boxer going into a ring and getting hit and calling a timeout and say, hey, somebody hit me. You're in a boxing ring. That's going to happen. You don't, you don't enter into the, into the battle. You don't enter into the fray and then be surprised that there is an obstacle. See, anytime you and I make a decision that we're going to help somebody, we're going to serve somebody, we're going to live beyond ourselves. we're going we're out, to outlive just me, myself, and I. I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to take what I've learned, and I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else. When you decide that, guess what? There's going to be a storm. There's going to be an obstacle. It happens here. The Bible says that as they're going across right there in the middle, that a storm shows up, comes down on the boat, and it begins to be swamped, and they're in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. We're going to die here in the middle of this lake. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, the water. The storm subsides, and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. Where is your faith? One of the most soul-searching statements that Jesus says to the disciples, where is your faith? You've seen the miracles. You've seen the healing. You've seen the help. Where is your faith now? See, the middle, is, is, the middle represents uh, that place where we're tested and we're tried. You and I make a decision to help somebody. We make a commitment to go and serve somebody. There's going to be a storm. Normally, a storm happens in the middle. It doesn't happen at the beginning. There's excitement at the beginning of anything. I love doing pre-marriage counseling and always in those pre-marriage counseling, you know, they're so excited about getting married. <laughs> I still do pre-marriage counseling, so sometimes I'll sit with that couple, I'm like, I know, I know you're really excited about the wedding, but, you know, we need to talk about the, the marriage. It's a whole lot longer than the wedding. Okay, great. <laughs> They're not hearing anything I'm saying. You know, I remember asking one couple, you know, are you having any problems? Oh, no, no, not one. Okay, wow. Um, I said, I said well, how's he doing? It's, it's, it, I mean, there's no challenges at all. She said this, he's perfect. And then reached over and held his hand, and they looked at each other, and I began to vomit right there on the spot. Whoa, nauseated. I was like, oh, okay, y'all come see me in about... Five months. What is it? In the beginning, there's never a problem. You decide, you get excited, and at the end, there's never a storm. Why? Because you see the finish line. It's in the middle of our decisions and our dedication, our devotion, that there's a storm. See, the storm represents tests and trials. Here's what the disciples were doing. They were doubting in the storm, in the dark, in the middle, what Jesus Christ had said to them in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God Almighty speaks to you in the light. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If Jesus said it, guess what? He meant it. He was not worried about them drowning in the middle because Jesus said they were going to the other side. And guess what? The middle was not the other side. Hey, boys, look around you. This is not the other side. This is not where I said we were going. See, you and I are going to have to learn how to deal with our middle if we're going to change the world. If we're going to make a difference to the people around us, make a difference in this city. Do you know there are people that woke up this morning without hope? 
There are people that woke up this morning and going to church was not even in their thought. There are people woke up this morning that don't like their life, that are miserable. There are people that woke up this morning and they've had the worst week of their entire life. They need hope. They need help. And if we're going to make a difference and bless and serve, guess what? We're going to have to learn how to deal with our middle because there are people on the other side of what we're going through. We talk in our church a little bit about this. I've been teaching on this lately about deal with your middle. Deal with your middle. We say that to each other. Man, you got to deal. When somebody's in the middle of something, middle of a battle, middle of a storm, middle of a rejection, we tell them, man, deal with it. Deal with your middle. Let's break it down, kind of bring a little application. D means don't get distracted. Never think the middle is defeat. Make a decision, whatever, because I believe there are people all across, watching at the campus, watching online, there are people all across that you're in the middle of something. Can I encourage you? Grow through your middle. Learn through your middle. Don't, don't get distracted. When I was growing up, I was a little ADD, had a speech problem, didn't talk till I was three years old. Nobody understood me until I was five. My first day of school, I got evaluated, was moved out of regular classes into what they called back in those days resource classes. And so just by having a speech problem, stuttering, I was very ADD. I was a visual learner, and so I couldn't sit in regular class. So I would get distracted easy. I mean, it's just, hey, what's going on? Oh, there's a butterfly. Oh, my goodness gracious. I just live distracted. It's easy to be distracted even in the middle of a dream, a vision, a purpose. Can I encourage you? Don't get distracted. If God has spoke something, if God has burst, if God has given you an idea, a creative idea to make a difference. Don't get distracted. God has placed, as you've read the Go magazine, as you've looked online, say, God, I want to serve. Don't get distracted. Stay with it. Here's what the E stands for. It, it means eliminate fear. See, fear, is, it's, a sne- it's sneaky, but then fear is a good liar. See, fear will bring the lie in your heart and in your marriage and in your future that God is small. It will lie. Fear will, and the devil is a good lie. He will tell you a lie that will almost make you believe it, like you don't have anything to offer. How can you make a difference on your campus? Look at your life. Look at your failures. Look at your problems. How can you ever help anybody? You got issues yourself. How can you serve anybody? You need to be served. You're not perfect. You're not ready. The enemy loves convincing us of everything we're not. We sang about it. We are something in Jesus Christ. But the enemy will lie to you. Eliminate that fear, those lies. If you're going to go to the other side, and then the A stands for one of the most important things, is acknowledge Jesus. I mean, the disciples made a lot of mistakes that day on that trip. They were doubting. They had fear. They thought they were going to drown. But you know the amazing thing is at least they didn't jump overboard. Then Jesus like, okay, great. Now i got to save you. Okay, okay, back in the boat. At least they stayed in the boat. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you're in the middle of something right now, can I encourage you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. Why? Because he will calm any storm in your life. He will get you to the other side. And then the L is look around. See, the disciples were wondering, where are we going? What are we going to see on the other side? But it was not what are we going to see, it was who are we going to see. There was a person on the other side of that storm that was waiting to be free. The rest of the story there in Luke chapter 8 tells us that when Jesus gets out of the boat, 
when he gets to the other side, that as he steps out of the boat, there is an insane, demon-possessed man that is full of evil, full of pain, full of hurt, runs up and meets Jesus. And then there's incredible power, transformational encounter. Jesus sets him free and all these things go on. It's just an amazing, this madman is all of a sudden free in Jesus. And the city comes out and the town comes out. They get all beside themselves because they've lost some pigs and the whole transaction of transformation. And they decide that they don't want Jesus there anymore. Jesus, leave us. Jesus, leave us. Why? Because they love their stuff more than they love the soul. Come on, somebody. You never put stuff over a soul. Jesus valued a soul over any kind of stuff. Jesus loves on them. And then the man says, I won't go with you, Jesus. I don't want to stay with these people that don't want you. I don't want to stay with these people that reject you. I don't want to stay with these people that don't value you. And Jesus says, no, you're going to do that. I want you to stay right here. You can see it in the latter part of that chapter, the last two verses. Jesus tells him, I want you to go home. And tell everybody you see how much I have done for you. I want you to now be my missionary to all these people. It's kind of the story of a madman that turns into a missionary. And guess what? It would not have happened if they would have stopped in their middle. Can I encourage you? Don't stop. Why? Because there are people on the other side of what you're going through. I thought about this. I believe in every person's life, there are people that are lining the shoreline that are asking this of you. They're looking, help me, help me. What you're walking through right now, where you're at in your life, whatever the suffering, whatever the pain, whatever you've been through as a child, whatever you've walked through as a teenager, in Christ, there are people that are waiting on you to get through it so that you can help them. I believe there are so many people that are standing and saying, hey, can you get through it? Because when you get through it, guess what? You're going to help me get through it. When you walk through it, you're going to help me get through it. Get to the other side. Get to the other side. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I believe there are thousands of people that are lining the shoreline of this Metroplex area that is waiting on Gateway. Because you know what? They need help. We live in a world today where people need help. And sometimes they don't even know that they need help. And sometimes it's people that are kind of difficult. A while back we did a similar uh, type of expression, Pastor Tom, and said, hey, let's make, let's everyone just decide to reach somebody for a couple weeks. We call it a little personal servolution. Just let God lay somebody on your heart. Just try to figure out a way to bless them, to love them. And there was a, a person that I was, um, I, I was at a little store by my house. I'd always get gas there, always going. I just had a burden for him. I'd met his brother and his brother was coming to the church. I just had a burden for him. He would not speak to me. He knew I was a pastor and a pastor of the church down the street. I'd always go in, hey, Mark, how you doing? No, he would not talk to me. You know, I would get my stuff. Have a great day. <laughs> so, I mean, so one day I'm like, I'm sitting outside. I've got an Easter invite. I'm inviting him to Easter service. I'm like nervous. Oh, Lord, maybe he's going to hit me or, you know, going to cuss me out or something. Oh, I was all wound up and sweating all up under my arms and red splotches all on my neck. I was just nervous like crazy. And I, I walk, hey, Mark, hey, I just wanted to invite you to Easter. Didn't hear anything. About 15 months later, 
we moved into our new facility. And God was doing some cool things. I walked in one day. I just decided I was just going to be done. I was going to be done. He was my personal project to serve, to bless. Uh, I walked in. And uh, he said, uh, as I was checking out, he said, hey, church was good Sunday. I'm stunned. Okay? I, I didn't know where to, <laughs> what? Which would be like, okay, never come back. You're weird. I just kind of, okay, I got to cool it off. Okay. What's up, man? It's cool, dog. What's up, bro? What's up? She's all, you know, tough, man, what's up? I was like, you were at church Sunday? First time. That was cool. Thanks, Mark. I like down to Red Bull real quick. I couldn't believe it. Tom, I was, I was fainting. I go the next week. Guess who spoke? The, 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 his, Pastor Robert Morse. He, for the last two years, he's preached for us after Easter. So Pastor Robert preaches on like giving, tithing first, give it all up for Jesus, surrender it all, lay it down. Come on, you Cajun stingy people, lay it down for God. I mean, he throws down heavy rev. And so I walk in, he's like, I was at church Sunday. I gave $50. He said, my wife got a bonus. She actually gave me like a hundred extra dollars this week. He's like, you know, that blankety blank blank works. Okay, that was R-rated. You're like still an R-rated Christian. Because I'm like a G-rated for God. Holla. His second service with Pastor Robert Morris on giving. It's like, we loved it. I prayed with my kids last night. Before they went to bed. Now he doesn't miss church. Why? Well, because you're just deciding that I want to personally make a difference in somebody's life. I just want to make a difference. I want to take what I've been through, what you've been through, and I want to put it in circulation to reach the lonely and they're hurting, guess what? There's something that's gone on in your life that can be a blessing to somebody else. There's something about your story. Your, I don't have anything to offer. You got more to offer than you could ever think of. You have something to contribute to the conversation of God in someone's heart. There's somebody that you can reach that I can't reach. There's somebody that you could serve. There's somebody that you can bless. There's something you've been through that can be a life raft, a rescued word into somebody else's heart. We got to go bless somebody. You know, I told you that story of me having a speech problem. I can remember when I went back into classes, regular classes, around the eighth or ninth grade. Now, I had been in resource, okay? Resource is different than regular classes. And this is like late junior high, middle school. So, I mean, in resource, you didn't have to have any game at all. You said, what's up? What are you doing? I mean, I was just goofy, awkward, because that was my world. I just loved it. That was where I did life. When I started going back to regular school, then it was kind of different for me, because it's kind of like, what's up, man? What's going on? I mean, checking out the ladies, and the girls were, of course, noticing me. I mean, so that was pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on? I start noticing the girls. I'm noticing, you know, kind of the cool factor, 
So I kind of, you know, go from kind of where I was at, kind of got my hair kind of cool. What's up? And just trying to, you know, you know, trying to get my little game on. I'm eighth, ninth grade, trying to be accepted and, you know, kind of get in with the group. Because, you know, you start realizing there are different groups going on here. So, you know, eighth, ninth grade, you realize the world is, is, is so I, that was my first taste of it. I remember sitting in a class and I'm trying to, you know, what's up? What's going on? What's happening? I'm Rissa. And um, I still had a stuttering problem. I still stuttered. Very bad. So a teacher one day was doing science, and she's drawing on the board the brain. And I don't think she was really excited about me going back into regular class in her setting. She just was very impatient. She shouldn't have been teaching. And um, her name was Miss Jennings, okay. Yeah, uh uh-huh. I've forgiven her. We're talking. She looks at me, and she asks, Dino, what do you think about this? I was so nervous to talk in front of people I'd never done. I couldn't get it out. I can remember like it was yesterday, sitting in that class, and I got caught, and I could not speak. She said, hey, class, this is y'all's brain. She drew a line down the middle. She pointed a half of it and said, that's Dino's brain. He's a half-wit. You know, I decided that day that if I ever had an opportunity to help people that had a challenge in their life, I would give my life to that. I decided that day I would do the opposite of how I was treated. Why? Because I decided in my middle and in my pain and in my suffering to use it to be a blessing to other people. Last year we started a special needs ministry. I just said we've got to do every, I want to become a church where there are more special pe- needs people than it. I, I just want our, and so we've started adjusting our whole church to reach out to special needs families. There's a picture of me with uh, a young man named Oliver. That family maybe have brought over 100 people to our church. All children with special needs and challenges. And I remember a, a girl took a picture of, of us together. I didn't even know she was taking a picture. And later on when I saw it, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to give your life to stooping down to get under the needs of hurting humanity. And I will bless your life as you bless the least and the lonely and the hurting. Let's go bless somebody, amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you, and I thank you for this amazing church. But Lord, just as a moment, we come before you, and I pray right now for every heart in this room. I pray, God, that you would speak to lives. Right before Pastor Tom comes, I, wanna, I just want to encourage every person that if you're in the middle of something right now, you're not alone. Never alone in Jesus' name. Never alone. No matter what storm you're going through, even if there's water getting up in the boat and you feel like you're drowning, can I encourage you? Jesus is there for you. He'd never leave you, nor would he forsake you. He loves you. He cares about you. When nobody else values you, when nobody else thinks you matter, when nobody else notices you, when no one else thinks you're interesting, when no one thinks you have nothing to add, our Savior loves you. And I believe there are thousands of people that don't know the love of our Savior that are waiting on the shoreline of your story your testimony. No one's ever told you this. I'm telling you right now, you have something to add. 
You have value. There's something about your story that can change another person's life. Let's go bless somebody. Let's go serve somebody. Let's go live for the cause of Jesus Christ with the rest of our days. In Jesus' name.